why don't you just go ahead and just give God praise in here this morning. Just take a minute and just say something beautiful to him. Just give him praise, exalt his name. Thank him for life. Thank him for his mercies. Thank him that you are here. You are alive this morning. Father, we exalt your name. We thank you for your love. We thank you for it's by your mercies that we are not consumed. We thank you, Father, for we are amongst the living, not amongst the dead this morning. We exalt your name, Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for in Jesus' name we pray. Lord, we pray that you will speak to us this morning. The entrance of your word brings light and understanding. Lord, we pray that from your word this morning our lives will be transformed, our lives will be changed, and we will end up being doers and not just hearers of your word. For in Jesus' precious name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, give God a victorious shout in the house this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Please, you may be seated. Give God all the glory. I would like to honor our senior pastors, our pastors in the house, all the leaders. Thank you for this opportunity. This morning I'll be teaching in continuation of the series called Building the Local Church. And my topic this morning is own it. Own it, meaning take ownership. And we'll be looking into the best practices to taking ownership of the local church. Taking ownership of the local church. In the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 18 from verse 19 to 20, we see the last words of Jesus before he ascended into heaven. And it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Go, therefore, and make disciples. Our Christian journey, or our journey of faith, is embedded in the kingdom agenda. Now, what is the kingdom agenda? Go and make disciples. Disciples of all nations. Everywhere. Go and make disciples, meaning you won't find people who are already disciples. There are things you have to do for you to make them disciples. You can't separate your personal life from God's agenda. Everything about our lives, our personal values, our character, our capabilities, Everything about us is meant to make disciples. Jesus said in John chapter 14 verse 12, he says, Most assuredly I say unto you, the works that I do, you will do also. And greater works than this shall you do. Meaning that the works that Jesus did is the baseline for us. <laughs> That's just the baseline. It says that the greater works than he did, we will do also. 
He doesn't just want you and I to believe in him. That statement means that he also believes in us. He believes that we have what it takes to lead the church. He believes he has what it takes to be ambassadors of him. Matthew 16 verse 18 says that I would build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Christ has built his church. So what he's saying now is I want you to take ownership of what I've built. I want you to continue to spread this work. So how do we begin to take ownership? What are the practices that we need to take ownership? The first thing is creativity. Creativity. Genesis chapter 1 from verse 1 to 5 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light. God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. God called light day and the darkness night. And evening passed and morning passed, marking the first day. The first thing we'll learn about the nature of God is that God is creative. That's the first thing we learn about the nature of God. In the beginning, God created. A creator is someone who is able to bring something into existence. Things that eyes haven't seen. A creator is someone who is able to bring something that anyone hasn't seen into existence. Now, you and I are created in God's image, meaning that we also have God's abilities. So if God is a creative God, then you and I are also meant to be creative in nature. We can birth new ideas. We can birth new systems. We can birth new processes, new ways of doing things. We have what it takes to do that. God created the heavens and the earth, but the earth, <laughs> heaven was perfect and fine, but there was something about the earth. The earth had no form. The earth had no structure. And God said, we can make this better. We can make this better. He separated the waters. He said, let there be light. He separated light from darkness. He didn't just stop at light. He also named light. He said, light shall be called daytime. And darkness shall be called nighttime. That's improvement. He branded it. That's improvement. He said, it's not just enough to just have light, night and day. Let's make some trees, some shrubs. Let's make some plants. He did all that. It's not just enough. Let's make animals. Made animals. Made male, made female. He branded the animals. He said, Adam, you will name these animals. That's constant improvement. Made man, made woman. The local church demands constant improvement because we serve a creative God. We serve a creative God. One of the shows that I really love to watch on HGTV, HGTV is this home um, building channel. I like to watch Property Brothers. 
and I like to watch Love is Unlisted. And what these shows are about, in case you don't know, what they do is, you know, they come into a place, they come into a house, and just turn the space around for you. Even though you have creative abilities, they say we'll come and do it for you. And the Love is Unlisted show, what they do is once they turn it around, they now give you the option to either continue to live there or sell it. But by the time you look at the before and after, that same bedroom you've been in, which is the reason why you want to sell that house, you come back in there and you are like, wow. Wow. That's creativity at work. Every environment here in the church can wow everyone that comes in here. Yeah. Our senior pastor was talking in the first service and he mentioned that if you look up, you know, we have these new video walls um, that we have. And that's an improvement on the white screen that was there before. Every area of the church demands improvement. Creativity says, it makes you ask yourself this question, how can I make things better? How can I make what? Things better. Things better. I was having a chat with one of the um, protocol team guys, um, I think it was last month. He just walked up to me and said, oh, he has an idea, you know, something about the parking lot. You know, he said, oh, he thinks, you know, we can, we can, we can name the different sides because now we have a very large parking lot space. He said, you know, we can actually tag them. The way you go to a Walmart or some grocery stores and you see A1, A2, and I thought of it, it's a valid point because sometimes you come into service, you're slain in the spirits, you pack back there but you're going over there, you know, so it's good for you to, it's good for you to know where you parked. And I thought to myself, that's, that's a brilliant idea. It tells me that he's thinking about the church and how it can be better. Parking lots, someone came and tied the land, the, 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 the ground. That's someone's job. Another person came and said, you know what, I would, I would label the place and put signs and put names on it. Another one is coming and saying, you know what, we can still put signs around. We're talking of parking lots. Different stages of improvement. Different stages of improvement. What else do we need to know when it comes to taking ownership? Ownership requires excellence. Ownership requires what? Excellence. Matthew 21 verse 12 says, then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold those. He went in there, drove out those who sold things, overturned the tables because he was trying to make a statement. And the statement is simple. This is my house and it would not be dishonored. This is my house, and it would not be disrespected. That was the statement Jesus was making. This is my house, and things will not be done anyhow because I am a God of excellence. First Corinthians 14.40 says that let all things 
be done with decency and order. You can't do things with order outside and then come into the church and do it in a disorderly manner. No. No. Excellence. Excellence. In first service, I mentioned we have about 500 workers here at Jesus House on about 50 ministries, and they do an amazing job. And I want us to just appreciate them this morning for what they do. Great job. Great job. It takes a lot. However, the truth of the matter is that excellence is a church-wide effort. It's not just the job of the workers. It's not just the job of the ministers or the pastors. Anyone that calls this place home, anyone that is about the kingdom agenda, excellence involves you. Excellence involves you. When you're going out or you're going to any environment here on this campus, you see a trash on the floor, you can easily pick it up and just throw it in the bin. It's as little as that. You see something that is out of place, you can adjust it or fix it if you can. And if you can't, you can get someone's attention to do that. That's excellence. Excellence says that it concerns me because my child can sleep on that thing which I didn't pick up. Excellence. It concerns the next generation. Excellence. Isaiah chapter 2 verse 3 says that For us to teach them our ways. Remember, in Matthew chapter nine, Matthew 18, 19 to 20, God, Jesus said, go and make disciples. Teaching them. Teachers are models. Meaning you do it first and others watch you and they learn from you. We are models on earth. Corporate America should come and learn excellence from the church. Not the other way around not the other way around. Excellence. In first service, I spoke about, you know, you want to take a trip from, from America to Australia. And, you know, I have two tickets, not any kind of tickets, first class tickets. First class, amen, first class tickets. <laughs> you know. And one airline is Emirates. And, you know, because you're all spiritual people, there's another airline, Spirit Airline, from America to Australia. And I offer you these tickets to choose one. Which one will you choose? Ah. Uh, you would, the one by Muslims, you, know, you will leave the spiritual one. Someone said Arik in the first service. <laughs> the truth of the matter is the reason why you would choose Emirates is because of what? Excellence. 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 Even me, I go online, you know, I go on the airline on YouTube, not in the, you know, I, 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 watch, I watch it on YouTube and, you know, 
You see the first class, you know, you see, you see the, I mean, they have bathrooms. <sighs> really, they have bathrooms. It's amazing. It's amazing. There are some places that, you know, you hear their names and you just hear excellence. You want to be there. I've never been to Disney World before, but I've read, about, I've read books about Disney World. I've seen it on YouTube. I like YouTube a lot. YouTube helps me. It, it encourages me, you know. I've had stories of people who have been to Disney World, and I want to go to Disney World because of the kind of excellence. I was reading, the, I was reading one of the books <laughs> um, talking about Disney World, and they were talking about how intentional they are in some environments to the point where the, the ground, the floor has a different kind of texture because it, 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 it gives you some kind of amusement psychologically. Even the texture of the floor in some areas a difference. You may not know. You just see that you're happy. But the floor is part of the... <laughs> the floor is... The floor is part of the reason why you are, why you're happy. The reason why you keep flying that airline is because of excellence. The reason why you keep going back to that restaurant is because of excellence. Every restaurant, they'll sell beef, chicken, and fish. There's nothing different. It's just the way it's been packaged. What does excellence mean? Doing things in an extraordinary way. It doesn't mean nothing has been done. But it's doing things in an extraordinary way. Just put a little touch. Just put a little touch. A little touch. Excellence is what compels people to keep coming back. When people come here and they love what they see, they will want to come back. But remember, it's a church-wide what? Effort. It's a church-wide effort. The third thing I'm going to talk about is this. Act, uh, taking ownership of the local church requires hospitality. Requires hospitality. In Acts 15, there's a story in Acts 15 about Paul and Barnabas. And they took a trip to Jerusalem to visit the church over there. So when they got to the church, you know, people were giving them stories of how, you know, things have been going, this and that. And, you know, it was, it was good. But all of a sudden, the Pharisee believers and the Gentile converts, they had this argument. And the Pharisee believers said, oh, these Gentiles who have converted, they need to be circumcised in accordance to the law of Moses. And then they went on and on. Barnabas couldn't dissolve the issue. Paul couldn't dissolve the issue. Peter stood up. He tried. He still couldn't. Then James, the brother of Jesus, he stood up and said something very profound in verse 19 of Acts chapter 15. He said, And so my judgment is that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. We should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. Let's not make it difficult for those who are turning to Christ. Let's be hospitable. 
let's be welcoming. I had a conversation with a guy some time ago at our service and you know, he walked up to me and asked me a question. He said, oh, why don't we sing French songs in this church? You know, so, um, <laughs> there are some questions you just want to answer, Oh, we just don't sing, we just sing English songs, um, go figure. But you just don't want to, I don't want to answer it like that. And I said, where are you from? He mentioned it was, it was from a French-speaking country. And I told him that I am from Nigeria and I'm a Yoruba boy. I speak Yoruba. Then, I said, if I speak Yoruba to you, will you understand me? He said, no. I said, if I speak, if you speak French to me, will I understand you? He said, no. Good. I said, are we understanding each other now? <laughs> he said, yes. I said, what are we speaking? He said, English. Aha. He said, that is it right there. English. That's why we don't sing dialect songs on Sundays because this is a church of nations. Mm. This is a church of what? Of nations. People have different languages. People, have diff people are from different backgrounds here. Different ethnicities. People have had different experiences. So we should be able to do everything it takes to reach every one. Want to sing dialect songs? Come on April 7th. We'll sing it back to back. You will dance anyhow you want. But on April 14th, we are back to singing what? English. Let's be hospitable. Let your smiles be genuine. <laughs> Let your smiles be real. You know, welcome people. You know, be intentional about meeting someone new before you leave. Be intentional. Ask someone for their name. If you are too shy, it's okay. Just stand there. Someone will come and meet you to talk to you. Let's be hospitable. Let's remove the different things that are standing as obstacle in bringing people to God. Yesterday's revelation has become today's tradition. Meaning that every tradition now needs new what? Revelation. We need new revelations in our churches. New revelations. I grew up in a powerful church. But one of the things that we did then, which I didn't, I didn't understand, but I know wouldn't work now, is that you come in, men sit on one side, and women sit on another side. You come in as a couple, and men go like this, and your wife goes that way. It won't work in this generation. Let's remove things that are making it difficult for people. I know you have your own traditions. I know you grew up on certain things. I know you grew up on taking the real Bible to church. Allow us to use our iPads and our phones. It's the word 
of God. Let's remove things that are becoming obstacles and let's bombard the kingdom of heaven with souls. Hospitality. Next thing I'm going to talk about is authenticity is required to take ownership of the local church. What is required? Authenticity. Matthew 23 verse 25 says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of extortion and self-indulgence. The outside, you do everything to look good on the outside, but your inside is filthy because you know that no one can see your inside, but God does. Let's be real. Let's be real. Everyone comes to church and they're on their best behavior. I hope so. <laughs> but outside, it's a different thing entirely. There's nothing like church-like behavior. There's only a Christ-like behavior. Everywhere you go, you are ambassadors of Christ. You carry him with you. When people see you, it is Christ that you see in you. You talk like him. You walk like him. You interact like him. You make decisions like him. Your lifestyle is one that is real and that of Christ. Jesus said, I have, I, I have shown you as an example that you should do as I have done. The different words that are synonymous with the church. Quite unfortunate that the church will be called a place of hypocritical people. It's unfortunate that the church should be referred to as fake. A place that, oh, you go there, they are condemning. They are judgmental. That's not Christ's intention. Until you're true to yourself, people won't begin to see the truth of God in you. Be real. Be real. Stop the double standard. The double life. You're, 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 you're in a certain way on Sunday. But Monday through Saturday, you're someone else. That's why it's difficult for you to invite people to church. Because they know that when you invite them, they look at you and it doesn't, they just start laughing. <laughs> like, like, really? <laughs> no. They just start laughing. You can't. And I see that changing in the name of Jesus. I said, I see that changing in the name of Jesus. Let's go around with a Christ-like behavior. Christ-like behavior. What else do we need when it comes to taking ownership of the local church? Taking ownership of the local church requires proximity. Proximity to God. Closeness to Him. In Acts chapter 4, verse 13, Acts 4.13 says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. They realized they had been with who? With Jesus. There are certain things that you would do and in the end, people may not be able to, to 
So um, place their hands on what exactly it is. But in the end, they will be able to tell that, oh, this one is a child of God. This one is a child of God. Taking ownership of someone's work requires that you know the owner. We can't take ownership of building the local church if we first don't know Christ. We have to be with him. We have to exercise all the, we have to engage in the different spiritual exercises. We are praying constantly. We fast. Whether the church calls for a fast or not, you can call for one yourself. Just to know God and be close to him. Proximity. When you, when, 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 if you have a business here and you have employees, it's not unlikely that you have this liking into a particular one or an affinity for someone because the person treats your own business like their own. When the person does that, we say that they've taken what? Ownership. The reason why the person is able to do that is because they've studied you they know what you want. They know how you think. They know the results you want to get. For us to take ownership of Christ's work, we have to study him. Dwell in the word. Meditate in the word day and night. A lot of people are getting it wrong. They are assuming that's because they haven't studied his word. <laughs> that's because they haven't studied him. Taking ownership requires what? Proximity. Proximity. 1 John chapter 2 verse 3 says, And we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. And we can be sure that we know him. We are confident that we know him. If we do what? If we obey his commandments. All it takes to be, say that you know Christ is to just obey his commandments. Whatever he says in his word. And the last point I'm going to mention today is taking ownership of the local church requires community. Requires what? Community. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 says, And let, not, and let us not neglect are meeting together as people as, as some people do but encourage one another especially now that the day of his return is drawing near let us not neglect our meeting together let us encourage one another let us be there for each other let us help one another. The world is full of hatred. And Christ even said it. If you read Matthew chapter 24, he gave an account of the things that we are already seeing now. And one of the things he said was the hatred of people would grow cold. He says that the love of people would go cold. And hatred will fill the earth. But Christ is counting on you and I to be the ones that will spread the love of Jesus. Let us not join the hatred. Let us not join the discord. 
But let's be part of those who will spread love. Spread love wherever you are, not just in the church, where you work, in your schools, at your, pl at your, at your place of business. Spread love. Don't live as an island. Join a team. Have a sense of belonging. Join a life group. Don't stand alone because guess what? You will always need people. No matter how good you are where you work, it is someone that will still sign your promotional letter. You will always need what? People. When you leave places, don't burn bridges. Now you want to get a job, they're asking you for references, you can't go back there. Oh. You can't call back. You can't call. It takes community to take ownership of the church of Christ. As I conclude this morning, two weeks ago we had a, service, a celebration of life for one of our members who passed. He, he worked for the Baltimore Police Department. And um, I had to, I was in on the planning and there was a particular detective who was the liaison between the church and uh, the police department trying to make sure everything goes in accordance to the plan. Went for the events, finished everything, and then I sent him a message. And then he responded with something that I thought to share with everyone. So I sent him a text, I said, Detective, Detective Sergeant, that's his name, thank you so much for your support. He responded and said, thank you. You have a beautiful church family and they exemplify Christ. You have a beautiful church family and they exemplify Christ. That's the testimony that we need as a church. We didn't go around with Bibles and concordance. We didn't go around speaking in tongues or be there with colors. But they were able to tell that these people that came together as a community, they exemplify Christ. Let your work so, let your light so shine that people might see your good works and glorify the Father in you. Everywhere you go, go as an ambassador of Christ. Nobody is bigger than him. No one is greater than him. It's the best opportunity ever to move around as a child of God. As a child of God. I tell people that emerge, I'm a big boy in Christ, man. No one can tell me anything otherwise. You go around with that confidence because wherever you go, you are light. Wherever you go, you are salt. Wherever you go, you are meant to have a voice, that of Christ. You speak and things happen. You speak and things begin to move. You take authority of the church. Ownership of the church is a church-wide effort. Whenever you leave this place, don't take the church out of your mind. Think on how you can improve on every area in this church. Think on how you can improve on every environment. Whatever you see at your workplace, which you know will help your church, don't hold it back. Share it with someone. Oh, I think if we had this, this will help us be a more excellent church. This would help us improve our services. 
This would help us be a church that people would keep wanting to come to. Creativity, excellence, hospitality, authenticity, proximity, and what? Community. When we take ownership of the local church, we become a community that grows together, supports each other, and celebrates one another. Shall we pray this morning? Let's rise up on our feet. Father, we thank you. We exalt your name. Thank you for your word. Lord, this morning, we pray that you will give us the grace and the strength that we need to take ownership of your church in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray for someone here that you will receive divine ideas. I pray for someone here that God will give you an excellent spirit in the mighty name of Jesus. Wherever you go, your lights will shine. Wherever you go, you will be the salt of the earth. Wherever you go, people will see your good works. In the mighty name of Jesus, favor will follow you. The mercies of God will follow you. The love of God will follow you. In the name of Jesus, in all your endeavors, you will be victorious. Whatever it is you lay your hands on, you will prosper. In the mighty name of Jesus, you are coming back with testimonies. You are coming back with testimonies. You are coming back with testimonies. For in Jesus' precious name we pray. Come on, give God a victorious hand in here this morning. Amen. Amen.